I just don't believe her. I'm like, you're not trying to steal back Ryan Reynolds at all. Right. You're just like a nice person. I can't imagine the dating pool in Sitka (laughs) is amazing. Okay, and we're back. Hello, hello, (laughs) hello. Welcome to our final week of rom-com February, you guys. That is insane because we're recording this. It's not even Valentine's Day yet. February (laughs) has just started. The months are just passing me by week after week. Truly, it's insane. Um, We hope that you've had a a month filled with love, filled with happiness. Pleasure, you know, erotic uh, things are happening, (laughs) you know. It's about love, but it's also about self-care. Yes. That was a joke. Yes. Well, Love in whatever yes, shape but also. it may come. <laughs> um, and we wanted to, you know, really end this month off with a bang. So we had our lovely friends from the Girl Crush podcast join us today. So say hello to our lovely friends, Allie and Anne. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us on today. Yeah, thank you. Oh, of, course. of course. The pleasure's ours. Yeah. Would you like to tell our listeners a little bit about your podcast? Sure. So Allie and I host Girl Crush Podcast, and every season we rate and rank all the movies um, from a specific actress's repertoire. So season one, we rated and ranked all 39 of Jennifer Aniston's movies. And then season two, uh, which just launched at the beginning of the month, I'll say, is all about Sandra Bullock. So we'll be rating and ranking all 48 of Sandra Bullock's movies. Oh my gosh. It's such a cool concept. Mm -hmm. I love that you're just really like diving so deep into these actresses, like in entire filmography it must be insane to like see their progression throughout like an entire career that's so cool yeah exactly it's so much fun and like with Jennifer Aniston it was really fun because she's so iconic and she does like a very certain type of movie but then there were some surprises thrown in there and now that we're at Sandra Bullock's Mm -hmm. it's like there's such a wide range of movies that she's done and just seeing her growth specifically has been really really cool um I'm kind of curious if you guys um have a favorite rom-com like ever of all time. Yeah. Not to like put you on the spot, mm. but if anything comes to mind. I think my – this is Anne. I think my personal favorite rom-com movie is How to Lose a Guy in 10 Days. I mm. love that movie so much. So good. So good. I can watch yeah. that like anytime. Love it. Honestly, I'm not just I'm not just saying this, but the proposal is definitely up there for me. Wow. Um, yeah, this is one I know like literally every single word of. But aside from that, I – I will also throw out like my favorite teen movie. I feel like we grew up in an era of ro- like rom coms. Mm-hmm. Loved John Tucker Must Die growing up. That was like oh so good. That was like yes. my go to. Oh my gosh, we just did that one. It's so good. It was like amazing to watch over. Yeah, with, I listened like- to your episode on that. So good. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, with Sophia Bush and like just the whole cast is like perfect rom com, like teenage comedy. What I want to see. Yeah, like I love the. The convoluted plots. I like the chemistry. I like Mm -hmm. the... The, like, girl gang of the 2000s. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. So good. Today, um, as you may have guessed, we are covering a Sandra Bullock classic. Mm -hmm. We are doing The Proposal. Definitely a star-studded rom-com. I feel like very much of the time of, like, the late 2000s. I feel like it was very defining of this, like, genre of rom-com. Totally agree. It has all the classic, like, moments where you you meet the family moment, very romantic, Mm -hmm. like, some sort of airport or, like, driving away moment. 
Yeah, I love a good like enemies to lovers yes. storyline. Um, this is a definitely a different age bracket. Like the proposal, they're getting mm-hmm. married. Right. Honestly, I feel like if this life event didn't happen in um, Margaret's life, I feel like she probably wouldn't have gotten married at all. Yeah. Yeah. I totally yeah. agree. Yeah, absolutely. She seems like completely happy and comfortable with her life before. Yeah. One thing that I like about it, I feel like you see a lot of, like in rom-coms, there's like the quote-unquote like cold, high-powered career woman. And Mm -hmm. one thing I like about this movie is that it doesn't necessarily like change her in any way. It just kind of like adds to her character and like expands her and opens her up to things that she was before like closed off Mm -hmm. to. Like she doesn't lose her power. She doesn't lose her boldness throughout. Yeah, totally agree. Which is kind of reminiscent of Never Been Kissed because she also has an amazing job. Like, she's really smart, but she has this, like, layer that she kind of breaks through and, like, becomes a better version of herself, I guess. Yeah. And I think that's something that often gets discredited or seen as, I don't know, a bad thing Mm -hmm. in, like, rom-coms where a woman is, like, opening herself up to, like, being vulnerable. And that's actually, like, a huge strength. And it's a shame that it's often viewed like in society as like a weakness Mm -hmm. definitely when i was watching the proposal too there's a moment where she's like admitting things to andrew and she's like after bob called me a poisonous bitch i cried in the bathroom and i was like everyone thought she was such a witch in the office at the beginning of the movie Mm -hmm. i love that part i feel like that's when we really get to know her a little bit more Mm -hmm. totally and you're like oh Yeah. yeah like she's she is a human being Mm mm-hmm Yeah, and, like, her and Ryan Reynolds have such good chemistry in this movie. Uh, Like, I really wasn't expecting it to be as good as it was rewatching it, but it's, like, definitely present. Oh, yeah, it's so good. I mean, it's Ryan Reynolds, so. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, yeah, he could have chemistry with a tree, probably. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, I love him. Yeah, me too. Mm -hmm. A Canadian king, so I have to stand. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of Canadian representation in this movie. Yes, yeah. As uh, somebody who is Canadian that used to live in the U.S., I had to deal with a lot of visa drama. (laughs) Um, Felt very seen, (laughs) very represented in this movie. On that note, should we just dive into it? Should we just head on in? Yeah, let's let's do it. it. Yeah, let's jump into it. Okay, so we get an opening scene. Very, uh, I love a montage. It's like, just put me right into the montage. (laughs) So we have Sandy. um, (laughs) Oh my God. Sandy B, a.k.a. Sandra Bullock, (laughs) as Margaret, reading a manuscript while riding a stationary bike. Clearly multitasker extraordinaire. Uh, Ryan mm-hmm. Reynolds, on the other hand, a.k.a. Andrew, he wakes up to see that he actually woke up late. And he just, like, rushes over to Starbucks to get coffees. There's, like, a little flirty barista action. And she has the coffee, like, all ready for him. Clearly, this is his routine every day. And he just, like, juts off right down the street. Yeah. Meanwhile, Margaret is like strolling down the streets of New York City on the phone talking to Frank, who is one of the high power, like difficult writers at the publishing company that they work for. And she's trying to get him to agree to do like Oprah and a lot of publicity for his upcoming book. Mm -hmm. Andrew runs to the office and while carrying these very important coffees ends up bumping into somebody and it spills all down his shirt and to fix the situation, he ends up literally trading baseball tickets for his coworker's shirt directly off of his back. Tragedy. 
Yeah. And then Margaret walks into the office and everyone like rushes to look busy. It's very much like Miranda Priestly energy where as she's walking by, you're like changing into your pumps. You're like typing away <laughs> on the computer. Mm-hmm. So then Andrew is waiting in Margaret's office for her. He has the coffee ready to go, giving her her messages that she's gotten so far, things like that. And one of the things that he tells her is that her immigration lawyer called saying that it was really urgent. And she's like, "Um, you know what? We'll just call him back later. And she informs him that she was able to get Frank to agree to do Oprah, which clearly impresses Andrew. Yeah. So Margaret asks why Jillian wrote her number on Margaret's coffee cup. And Andrew explains it's because uh, that was originally his coffee, which because he spilled hers. And she's like, is it just a coincidence that you also drink unsweetened cinnamon light soy lattes? Uh, (laughs) And he's like kind of embarrassed. And I think she kind of thinks he's uh, like kind of pathetic for for doing that. Um, Mm -hmm. But he says it's like Christmas in a cup. And he just like insists that it's coincidence. Phone rings and he answers it and it's their coworker, Bob. And so he and Margaret head out to go see Bob. When I was talking to a friend about how we were doing this movie, the first thing she said to me was, it's like Christmas in a cup. (laughs) Yes. Um, So after this whole ordeal with the coffee cups, they – at first I'm like, poor Bob. And then I'm like, Bob's a fucking bitch. Okay? (laughs) Because basically what happens is Andrew and Margaret walk through the office. He does mention that he wanted her to read a manuscript – um, she's like totally blowing him off. She's like, yeah, I read a few pages, but wasn't impressed. Um, Andrew's like, you know, this one has potential to be a real novel. Um, and she says that he's wrong and they head right into Bob's office. Yeah. So in Bob's office, Margaret is like admiring this new, like gorgeous vintage buffet that he has just bought and then informs him that he is being let go <laughs> due to his failings to get Frank to do Oprah. He tries to say, like, are you kidding me? Like, that was impossible. And she's like, oh, really? Because I just did it. So mm-hmm. don't know what to tell you. I love Andrew's face during this. Oh, yeah. So good. <laughs> she then tells him that she's going to give him two months to find a new job. And then he can tell everyone that he resigned and they walk out. And honestly, I think that's like a pretty good deal. She's definitely like allowing him to save face. Like I would have yeah. taken it. But right. Well, she's like, Bob, did you even call him? Like, I know you're afraid of Frank, but fucking damn, like, do something. Yeah. So she ends up, like, leaving the office, and Bob, being an idiot, storms out afterwards and, like, blows up at her in front of the entire office, and he calls her a poisonous bitch and saying that she fired him so that she could look good to the board, but she does not take this lying down. She fires back. She's like, actually, I fired you because you're lazy, incompetent, and you spend more time cheating on your wife than working, and basically tells him that, you know... She, if he doesn't back down, she's going to have him thrown out on his ass and Andrew's is going to film it and put it on YouTube. <laughs> I love that part. Total power move. Total power move. You instantly get like yeah. a read of her her character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but now Margaret needs more help from Andrew now that Bob's been fired. So Andrew talks to his family on the phone, letting him know that he can no longer be there for his grandma's birthday party um, that coming Ugh. weekend. And his family's obviously really upset about this. And she walks in and she's like, is that your family? And he's like, yeah. And she's like, do they tell you to quit? And he's like, every single day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So the big boss uh, for the publishing company asked to see Margaret and they tell her like, we told you not to leave the country while your visa was under review, but you went to a book fair in Frankfurt 
And so now your visa application is being denied and you're going to be deported. She's like, are you joking? I'm from Canada. Like, (laughs) they're not coming for me. But they tell her she'll have to leave the country for a year. She can't legally work for a U.S. company, which means that she'd be losing her job. Mm -hmm. And until this is is resolved, Bob, a.k.a. the guy she just fired publicly – um, is in charge. Oof. So, like, the, the big whites are, like, desperate to have her stay, and she's desperate to find a way to stay, to both save face, yeah, because this career is, like, her life. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And just right in the midst of this incredibly tense meeting, um, Andrew interrupts, which he was supposed to do, and he's like, hey, Mary's on the line. Um, Margaret, like, you have to, you know, get out. Go talk to her. And suddenly... On Margaret's face, we can see she has this thought just rolling around in her brain. And she's like, Andrew, get over here. I'm in beckons over to him. And she brings him to her side and tells the big bosses that she and Andrew are getting married. (laughs) Oh, my God. She's like, the truth is, Andrew and I are two people who weren't meant to fall in love. We did. And Andrew is speechless and spineless. Of course, he goes along with it because he um, will literally do anything at this job. The big bosses are like amazing. Terrific. Music to my ears. Just make it legal. It's like stressing me out as somebody who has had multiple green card marriage proposals. I'm like, you don't know the stakes. (laughs) You don't know the stakes. So they then... um, are heading back to Margaret's office while the entire like main office area, everyone in their cubicles are like buzzing about how Margaret and Andrew are getting married. So once they're in her office, Margaret acts like literally nothing happened. She's reading a manuscript and he's like, excuse yeah. me, can we uh, discuss what the fuck just happened? And she's like, well, they were going to make Bob chief. And it's not like you were saving yourself for someone special anyways. And he's like, brutal lady i'm not gonna marry you (laughs) and then she basically like threatens to fire him if he doesn't well she says that like bob would get rid of him in an instant if he was in charge so Mm -hmm. she says that if he says no then all of the hard work he's put in for the past like three years is gonna go down the drain and if they do it her way they'll get a quickie divorce but until then their wagons are hitched together (laughs) So they go to the immigration office to try to clear this all up. And Margaret literally just, like, jumps the whole entire line. There's this super long line. She just goes, marches right to the front and, like, demands that they help her file this fiancé visa. Um, And the employee asks her to come with him. So she's led to this office where Mr. Gilbertson, an agent, comes in and asks them if they're committing fraud because he got a tip from Bob Spaulding earlier that day. So Margaret, like, tells him Bob's a disgruntled employee. She just fired him. Like, no need to worry about that. Um, So Mr. Gilbertson kind of fills them in on what the process is like because he still needs to investigate. Um, And he says he's going to start out with, like, some individual interviews and then progress to actually, like, tracking them, like, looking at their phone records, Mm -hmm. things like that, to really find out if this is, you know, a legitimate marriage. Yeah. And he warns Andrew that if this is not legitimate, then it's fraud, and he could face up to $250,000 in fines and five years in prison. So this just oh got, like, yeah. very serious for him. And that that is real in real life. So if you were thinking of doing this, <laughs> take that into consideration. Maybe, maybe not worth the risk. <laughs> yeah. 
So Gilbertson asks Andrew if he wants to talk to him and tell him the truth. And Andrew just digs in and he's like, the truth is Margaret and I were just two people who weren't supposed to fall in love, but we did. And he like kind of continues the line, says they couldn't tell anybody at work about their relationship because of his big upcoming promotion to editor, which he just kind of like slides in there. Yes, I love that. I'm like, yes, yeah. Andrew. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we love a hustler. Yeah. And Margaret's like, Oh, your promotion. Okay. <laughs> and Gilbertson asks if they've told their parents. Um, Margaret is an orphan. She doesn't have parents. She doesn't have siblings. But Margaret tells him that they're going to see Andrew's family this weekend to tell them in person for Gammy's big birthday. So she then finds out that uh, Andrew's from Sitka, Alaska, which I don't think she actually knew. Yeah. Um, so they're off to Alaska for the weekend. And Gilbertson tells them just to not be late for their interview on Monday morning and their stories better match up. These people are in so deep, (laughs) so outside. They leave the immigration office. They're out on the street. And um, Margaret is just, like, yammering on, like, make sure you book the tickets. I want to be in first class, blah, blah, blah. After forcing this man to commit fraud with her, she's like, you better book those tickets and get on it. Better make sure they're uh, preparing my vegan meal on the plane. And Andrew is like are you okay? Like, did you not just hear what he said? I'm looking at some serious penalties. And Margaret's like, I'm not promoting you to editor. And Andrew's like, all right, I'm done. I'm out. I quit. So Margaret eventually agrees because she's super desperate. And Andrew says, you know, once this is done, they need to get a divorce right away, like not in two years immediately. And she has to agree to publish his manuscript and that they'll tell his family um, when and how he wants. He makes her kneel down on the sidewalk and ask him to marry her. Yeah, so she begrudgingly gets down in her red bottoms and asks Andrew to marry her. And he's like, no, like you mean it. And she says, Andrew, sweet Andrew, would you please, with cherries on top, marry me? And he's like, okay. See you later. And then he walks away, <laughs> leaving her on her knees on the dirty streets of New York. Dirty, dirty street. <laughs> I love that scene because I just love that he's, like, flexing so hard that he can oh, make yeah. her oh, uncomfortable yeah. and, like, he's really – she needs him. I just yeah. love it. I, like – I don't know. <laughs> I think it's so great. Yeah. Yeah, he's so sassy. Yeah. I love the, the power yeah. dynamics. It's so good. Yeah, yeah. so good. So they're preparing and Andrew's looking over these interview questions that they're going to have to do with this immigration agent. And he realizes he actually knows like most of the answers about her because he's worked by her side so closely for like three years. And obviously he's like had to learn all of this about Mm -hmm. her. But he's like, well, now you have to learn all this about me. And Margaret takes a list and she's pretty surprised that he knows all this stuff about her. And she's like, are you serious? Mm -hmm. And he starts to actually answer some of them. And she asks if she has any scars, which is one of the questions. And he's like, I think you actually have a tattoo because two years ago, her dermatologist called about this appointment that she later canceled. And he like looked up what the appointment was about. And it was about some term that had to do with tattoo removals. So she kind of gets embarrassed and like shuts him down. She's like... You know what? I'm not going to talk about this anymore. And then she's, they're like kind of going through what their fake relationship looks like. And he, she was like, okay, we stay at my apartment because I live in the park and you probably live in squalor. Um, she basically has, has this like preconceived notion about him, even though he's worked for her for like three years. Yeah. She has this clear idea of what his life must be like because 
up until now, he's pretty much, it seems like he's pretty much, like, bowed down to her every request. And he's in, like, sort of this low-level job, even though he has bigger aspirations. So they uh, land in Juneau, and they have to get on this, like, tiny little commuter plane to Sitka. And Margaret is, like, still clearly unimpressed, not looking forward to this, like, tiny plane ride, and has no idea what Sitka has in store for them. Mm. So when they land, Andrew's uh, mom and grandma, Gammy, are waiting with signs to welcome him home and andrew (laughs) introduces margaret to them and gammy played by god bless betty white oh my gosh it's like oh margaret do you prefer to be called margaret or satan's mistress we've heard it both ways (laughs) (laughs) she's so good she's so Uh, funny so funny and uh, his mom is like oh she's she's kidding of course and they uh they head off to their house Honestly, I can't wait till I'm old and you can just, like, get away with saying absolutely oh, anything. Yeah. I know. It sounds like a blast. <laughs> you can be so blunt. Yeah. I think her comedic timing is so good. Yeah. yeah. She's hilarious. As they go to Andrew's house, they basically come upon this gigantic, sprawling mansion located on a little island area. And it's, like, mountainous. It looks like mm. basically a private island um, that they're heading for. And Margaret turns to Andrew and he's like, why did you tell me you were poor? And he's like, I literally have never told you that. I've never said that. Um, (laughs) And as they get to the house, Grace, Andrew's mom, tells them that she threw them a little party. Margaret, like, kind of files in behind her and whispers over to Andrew and tells him that they need to stop bickering. And he's like, okay, like, we can do that, but you'll have to stop snacking on children while they dream. (laughs) Jesus. It's very tense. So at the party, a guest comes up to Andrew and they start talking about his job and they ask him what exactly a book editor does. And Andrew's dad comes up and he's like, yeah, well, you're not an editor. You know, Margaret is the editor and the daddy issues arise. Yeah. He keeps calling her like Maggie and he's just like totally invalidating towards both of them. Mm -hmm. Oof. Yeah, so obviously he walks away. Andrew's super upset, so he ends up following him. And they have this really tense moment, and the dad is like, oh, you like talk shit about this woman for how many years, and now you bring her home to meet mom. Like, I can't believe that you would sleep your way to the middle. Like, she's just your meal ticket. And Andrew is like, she's not my meal ticket. She's actually my fiance. We're getting married. So, mic drop. Check yourself. Yeah. <laughs> Meanwhile, Margaret ends up in a conversation with one of the cater waiters. Um, He tries to, like, serve her some sort of, like, fish hors d'oeuvre. She's not into it. And then she overhears Andrew announce to the entire party that they're engaged. So, shocked, she walks over and joins him. And that's when they meet Gert, Gertrude, um, Andrew's ex-girlfriend, who comes over and says hi and congratulates them. And she's like, oh, did I miss the story? Like, I want to hear all about the proposal. I hate Gertie. Yeah. (laughs) I can't imagine being, like, a young gal named Gertie. I I would just feel so Mm -hmm. upset. Yeah. I don't know why they gave her that name. Gert. (laughs) I don't even know if I've met, (laughs) like, like, an old person named Gert. Yeah. Yeah. It's so weird. (laughs) So then they're kind of taken off guard. Or they're kind of caught off guard by this question, realizing they need to, you know, have a proposal story. So Andrew's like, well, Margaret loves telling the story. Maybe you should just take the reins. 
so they kind of, like, go back and forth telling the story because they're kind of trying to, like, embarrass each other yeah. um, because there's, like, this tension between them. And she announces, like, well, we were going to celebrate our first anniversary. Um, and he was, like, leaving these little adorable hints everywhere. And he, like, interrupts and wants it to be more, like, manly. And anyway, it's kind of funny. They go back and forth. And um, it ends up where they – where he, like, led her to a hotel room. He was waiting for her, and when she walked into the room, she said he was choking back soft, <laughs> soft sob um, when he finally caught his breath and asked her to marry him. And they're like, yep, that's it. Okay, story's done. Um, but everyone, like, clinks their glasses. They want to make them kiss. They're, like, really taking in the moment, and they're really, like, pressuring them to kiss. So they, after, like, kissing her on the cheek, then, like, everybody keeps pressuring them. Eventually, they do kiss, and they kind of, like, melt into each yeah. other. And this is, like, I mean, we all... We all knew it was going to happen yeah, anyway works. because it's a rom-com. But this is where you're like, okay, this this is what is going to happen right now. <laughs> like, you can tell they they kind of enjoy mm-hmm. it. So, Andrew, I was like, crap, what's his name? Andrew's <laughs> mom. <laughs> Andrew's mom is showing Andrew and Margaret the room that they'll be staying in. And, of course, like, Margaret would have plans to stay in, like, her own hotel room by herself. So this throws a mm-hmm. wrench in it because now they have to stay in the same room. Mm-hmm. And in runs Kevin <laughs> – who's a dog, not a person. He's like this like <laughs> tiny Alaskan dog. I don't know what, what it is exactly. He's just like this little white ball yeah. of fur. He's so cute. So cute. And Gammy's like, oh, yeah, that's Kevin. Don't let him outside. Otherwise, the eagles will get him. <laughs> You're like, okay. Of course. <laughs> yep. Classic. Uh, just Alaska things. <laughs> so Gammy gives them a quilt that she says has special powers, and it's called the Baby Maker. Um, oh. You know, just – Really wholesome grandma content there. Yeah. <laughs> Just grandma things. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. If Betty White was your grandma, though, like, uh, that would be, yeah. it would be the conversation. Probably. Right. Um, so that evening, Andrew sets up his bed on the floor and they talk about how, you know, he hasn't been home in a while. And Margaret calls from the bathroom and she asks him not to look at her. It's all very like a lot of like gymnastics right now because they're obviously not <laughs> yeah. together. So she scampers to bed and she has this like really cute two-piece uh, silk pajama set that is absolutely not for the Sitka weather. <laughs> Andrew does take a peek and he's like, are you kidding me? That's what you chose to bring to Alaska. And Margaret's like, I thought I was going to be in a hotel room by myself. And then they attempt to go to bed. Margaret is completely turned around because it's light all day in Alaska <laughs> right now. Yeah, She's just like tossing and turning, kind of like being a little jerk about it, honestly. <laughs> then finally, Andrew just hits a button and the curtains automatically close. Oh, yeah. It reminded me of like in the holiday when she hits the buttons and the curtains go down. I'm yeah. like, it's very much a elegant person thing. Yeah. I don't know if I'll ever <laughs> experience, but go off. So the next morning, Margaret is awoken by her phone ringing and she like scrambles around to find it. And it's Frank, their difficult writer. But the service is terrible because it's Alaska, I guess. So she's like screaming into the phone before Mm -hmm. Andrew kicks her out of the room. So she goes outside to take the call and leaves the door open. So Kevin, the little rescue puppy, runs after her. And while she's talking to Frank, trying like to keep him doing Oprah and like talk him out of screwing up all of her plans an eagle swoops on down just like betty white said he would and snatches kevin up <laughs> margaret ends up throwing her phone at it and then the eagle drops kevin into her arms but when 
it like circles around to come back and take Kevin. It ends up snatching her phone instead. So she's like, no, no, take the dog, take the dog. And she's like running <laughs> back and forth trying to offer this dog up to the eagle. And everyone inside is watching her like, oh, that's so cute. Look at her playing with Kevin. <laughs> God. So it turns out then Gammy and Andrew's mom have made plans for Margaret, um, saying that they have like a big surprise for her. So Andrew goes to tell Margaret this. She explains the whole situation to him about what just went on with the dog and her phone. And he reassures her like they can get a new phone, um, but like that she's in for this whole day of shopping and sightseeing with the in-laws. So Margaret is obviously not too excited about that. She's like, yeah. doesn't want to go. But Andrew's like, you know, you can't let them think we're fighting or anything. You like, basically, you, you have to do this. So he like pulls her in for a hug. And this is the second time he's like pats her on the butt. And yeah. she yeah. has reprimanded him more than once, which that is one thing I don't like. But um, yeah. I mean that he did that. And she's like, if you touch my butt again, I'm going to chop your balls off in your sleep. That seems appropriate to me. Yeah, so. I support yeah. that. So Andrew goes to talk to his dad. He's playing golf by the dock. And his dad actually apologizes to Andrew for not being receptive to the engagement yesterday. He's just kind of stressed because he's going to retire soon and he's built a whole empire from the ground up, but he has no one to leave it to because Andrew's an only child. And Andrew says he feels sorry for him. Um, He doesn't have a son who wants to do this, but reading books in an office in New York is what makes him happy. Like he doesn't want whatever this family empire is, which we we don't really know what it is either, just that they're very wealthy. And he says his apology, his apology is not accepted and he like storms off. So, you know, not a great conversation <laughs> between father and son. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty wild. They like, cause they own like every business in town is like yeah. Paxton General Store, like Paxton this, that. And I'm like, what is it? Is it like a real estate business? Like, what is the situation? It, yeah, it almost seems like they settled the town or something. Like, mm-hmm. they were just like, yeah. we're fucking making Sitka right now. We're developing <laughs> yeah. it. We're a commercial development. Yeah. But everything looks like a home, like a small business. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, cut to um, Margaret, and she's with Andrew's mom, Gammy, and Gertrude, the (laughs) ex-girlfriend, for whatever reason. (laughs) They're just having a beer together at the local bar. And Grace, Andrew's mom, is like, this surprise is one of Sitka's biggest treasures. And the lights in the bar start going down. The music comes on. And there is a spotlight that lands on Ramon. Who's this actor? What's his name? Oscar Nunez. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So you can just picture that. Just imagine that. And (laughs) basically, (laughs) so wild. So light goes on Ramon, who was also the waiter from earlier. Waiter by day, stripper by night. He does an insane routine. All the women are going crazy, especially Gammy. Ramon pulls Margaret on stage, rips off his pants, gives her a lap dance. (laughs) It's all very, like... Not um sexy, just like no. incredibly like erotic and sporadic, and yeah, a lot of thrusting. Yeah, a lot of like wiggling. <laughs> it's very chaotic. <laughs> so yeah, it's insane. And the girls are just like yelling for her to smack his ass. So she very tentatively gives him a tap. <laughs> yeah. So after Aww. this you know, horror show. Margaret goes outside to get some air 
and Gertrude follows her and, you know, she asks how Margaret's been holding up. Like, I know the family can be kind of overwhelming. I'm sure it's different from New York. And Margaret's like, oh, yeah, it is. Have you ever been? And Gertrude says, no, that was always Andrew's dream. Apparently, they like did in high school and all through college. But the night before graduation, Andrew proposed to her and wanted them to run off to New York. But she said no, because Sitka is her home. And she then tells Margaret that she's really lucky and that Andrew's the best. And they share a little cheers. It's like a nice moment between the two. I still don't really like Gertrude, but like she's being nice. So I just don't believe her. I'm like, you're not trying to steal back Ryan Reynolds at all. Right. You're just like a nice person. I can't imagine the dating pool in Sitka (laughs) is amazing. Right. And it's like one thing to be nice, but it's another thing to be like, out at this pseudo bachelorette party or whatever you want to call it. Like, mm. it's literally his mom, his grandma, and his ex-girlfriend. Like, mm-hmm. yeah. what? But you're right. She's being nice. So I guess that's good. So the ladies get back to the house and they see Andrew with an axe, like, hacking away at this old canoe. And his mom and Gammy immediately know that means something is up. That's, like, his stress reliever. Um, so mom confronts dad asking what happened. And Margaret kind of eavesdrops from the other room. Andrew's dad said he was basically just having a frank conversation with him about the future. And his mom really gets after his dad saying, like, he needs to fix this. And they only get to see him, like, once every three years. And she's worried if they keep this, like, big chasm between them, then they're going to see him even less and less. So she, like, really demands that he fixes it. So Margaret has excused herself to go take a shower and... (laughs) wash off Ramon's body oil and uh, (laughs) she gets she gets out of the shower but she forgot to bring a towel into the bathroom and meanwhile Andrew had come in from his canoe hackery uh, but he has like his headphones and a music blasting so he doesn't hear that she's there so in just like you know classic rom-com she tries to get a towel but all she has is this tiny little washcloth and Kevin is in the bathroom barking at her she's terrified of Kevin um i don't understand why she's so afraid of him he's so cute and tiny like i don't get it i don't know i mean i don't understand fear of dogs anyway so i'm I'm sure he could be terrifying to somebody neither yeah i used to be scared of them yeah would you be afraid of kevin though Allie? oh yeah when i was younger i never had a dog growing up so like oh as a kid i get that yeah as a kid and like i didn't understand like i just thought if they're barking that meant they like wanted to bite you Yeah. Mm. Yeah. But I mean now I've I've had a lot more contact with dogs, so I would not be scared. Yeah. I would not be scared of them now. <laughs> yeah. so it's cute. just funny that she's like so powerful and this like tiny creature yeah, is like, what does it for her. It's so yeah. yeah. She actually has like a couple of fears. Like she's also like afraid of the water, like when they're in boats because yeah. she like yeah, can't swim. Cute. It's like interesting to see those like things that kind of like quote unquote like undermine her power. Mm-hmm. Definitely. So meanwhile, for some reason, Andrew is getting undressed on the balcony, which seems like very public and yeah. weird. Why are you doing that? He's literally stripping on the balcony. So Margaret runs away from the dog. Andrew walks in and they just have this like naked collision Aww. of bodies. <laughs> yeah. He's like slowly falls to the ground. She's like, why are you naked? And he's like, why are you wet? And they're just like <laughs> on the ground. Um, it's... Yeah hilarious they rush to get themselves covered up they're yelling at each other like how did this happen 
she tells him to go and take a shower and he makes a side comment about her tattoo. So she does have the yeah. tattoo still. He was right. Side yeah. note, I just have to like throw in here. This is boss and employee. Like, I know yeah. he knows her really well because he's been like by her side for three years. But can you imagine like <laughs> total nightmare? Oh, God. I don't know if I would ever recover. Oh, no, no. I would leave right then. Be like, I'm sorry. I'm, yeah. I'm going back to Canada. <laughs> yeah. I was reading. I think that they, like, shot this over multiple days. And initially, they gave them, like, little coverings for whatever. But apparently, Ryan Reynolds, after a while, it, like, kept falling off. So he was like, I'm just going to free wow, solo this God. thing. Um, yeah. And just did it. <laughs> At some point, yeah. she's like, I didn't I didn't see anything. And he's like, yeah, you did. <laughs> yeah. If you didn't, you definitely felt something. So. <laughs> aye, aye, aye. So that night, um, they try to get some sleep, but Andrew brings up their naked escapades, and Margaret brings up his father and asks what the issue is, but he completely shuts down. It's clear he doesn't like talk about stuff like that, so... She admits that she really enjoys the psychic channel, that she took disco lessons in the sixth grade, and just like kind of a slew of intimate details about herself. Um, She also reveals that she went into the bathroom and cried after Bob called her a poisonous bitch, and that her tattoo is actually two swallows she got when she was 16 after her parents passed away. Yeah, it's, like, super nice to see this side of Mm -hmm. her. I'm glad that we get some of these details. I feel like in rom-coms, you often don't, like, get to know details like this about characters. Mm -hmm. I feel like it's often very general, but I liked this part a lot. Me too. Andrew then starts to, like, tear up and get kind of emotional, and he's kind of quiet, just, like, processing everything. But then the first thing that he says is, you haven't slept with anyone in 18 months? Because that's, like, one of the things she revealed. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, they both kind of, like, laugh and um he tells margaret that she's very beautiful and um one of the things that she mentioned also is that her favorite concert or not her favorite con- her first concert was um rob bass and dj easy rock and he's like who is that and she starts singing it takes two and he's like yeah i knew who it was i just wanted to hear you sing it <laughs> and then they kind of like sing it together and it's really cute they're having like a little bonding moment yeah it's super cute you can tell this is sort of like a pivotal moment for their relationship because they've both opened up at this point and like they've just gone to the next level I guess you could say yeah Yeah. so the next morning Margaret wakes up and she like is completely different from the other from the morning before she like smooths her hair she puts on lip gloss she's like pinching her cheeks to try and make herself you know you know she wants to look cute um Mm -hmm. and all of a sudden there's a knock on the door mom is there she like wants to bring them breakfast in bed so (laughs) Margaret like wakes Andrew up and has him, like, get in the bed with her. And he, like, immediately asks if she's wearing makeup. So he could tell. Um, yeah. So obviously she denies it. And she's, like, they're, like, trying to get situated in bed. So they're, like, look natural. Like, kind of, she grabs him. So he's kind of, like, spooning with her. And she's, like, uh, what is that? And he's, like, sorry, it's morning. <laughs> oh, my Lord. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> so she's, like, you know, very distracted. And mom's about to come in. So we quickly pass over that and mom comes in she has like this gorgeous breakfast tray for them and dad like waltzes in as well and they're just super over the top nice and they explain that they have this idea that they want them to get married there tomorrow insane and at first they're like what like no way and they the parents like 
end up convincing them basically by saying, why don't we just do it here? Because the whole family's already going to be here. It's Gammy's birthday. Like, Gammy can be a part of it. You're already here. We don't know when you'll be here next. Like, why not? This is so intrusive, by the way. Like, you oh, yeah. literally yeah. just met your son's fiance slash boss, and you are now standing at the foot of her bed the, like, next day. Absolutely. Yeah. Be like, get married in my barn tomorrow. <laughs> right. <laughs> I know she does not have an immediate family, but it's, like, really presumptuous to just be assume that she would just want to get married literally the next day and that she wouldn't want to, like, plan a wedding. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or, like, have friends or right. people, anyone she knows there. Yeah. 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 So... Margaret and Andrew are like, no, 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 no. It's it's Gammy's birthday. We don't want to distract from that. But then, you know, Gammy joins the party, oh. rushes in. She's like, I've had 89 birthday parties. I'm good. <laughs> she says it would be a dream come true to have um, to see Andrew's wedding. And before they can say no again, Gammy's like, before I'm dead? And like, oh. how can you say no to that? So they're like, right. okay. Yeah. <laughs> so... Uh, Andrew's mom's like, we'll take care of everything. You can get married in the barn just like me and your dad did. And then, like, you know, they all leave. They're super pumped to start planning this wedding for the following day. Andrew starts freaking out, um, saying that when his mom finds out that this is a sham, she's going to be crushed. Gammy's going to die. Like, this is going to kill her when she finds out this isn't real. Oh, my God. Yeah. Basically, Margaret tries to, like, calm him down. She says they're not going to find out, but Andrew is on a downward spiral. So she ends up (laughs) – I love these little moments because they really, like, sprinkle them in. Mm -hmm. Just, like, Mm -hmm. she ends up, you know, rubbing his shoulders and says that uh, they'll be happily divorced before they know it. And then she realizes, like, she's really rubbing his shoulders (laughs) and gets up to pour him some coffee. And he's like – yeah, you're right. Um, you know, we're going to be fine as he is checking her out. So yeah. there's some mental gymnastics mm-hmm. happening. Um, yeah. And Margaret makes a joke about how she has to learn to cook and to take care of her husband. And then she, like, gets him a cinnamon bun on a plate. It's very – you can tell that things are happening. Like, feelings are developing. Mm-hmm. So she decides to go outside and, like, get some fresh air. I love this part. Yeah. I think it's so cute. It's like the first time we see them really sort of acting as a team. Like before that, mm-hmm. they're kind of undermining each other to get what they want. But this time, like she's comforting him. And it's like the first time where you get the sense that like, ooh, they're in this together sort of thing. Totally. Yeah. When she like hands him the cinnamon bun mm-hmm. plate, she's like holding it out for him. He's like, Margaret, like, let go. Like, let go. I got it. And she's kind of like, oh, yeah, I I can do that. Yeah. I can be in a team. It's really nice to see. Mm-hmm. So... To get away from this emotional moment, Margaret takes this little, like, kitty bike and rides through the woods, um, (laughs) trying to clear her head. The terrain is real rough because we're in the Alaskan woods. And then she hears some, like, drumming in the distance. And she comes upon Gammy, who is chanting by a fire, wearing... Some sort of, like, pseudo-Native American garb. I did look it up, and apparently it's, like, generally accurate to the area that they live in, but, like, not really. Gammy is basically, like, calling Margaret in to join her to give thanks 
to the earth and giving thanks for her loins to be fertile. She has Margaret chant and jump up and down around the fire. And Margaret doesn't know what to chant. So she ends up singing the lyrics to get low <laughs> from the window yeah. to the wall, et cetera, et cetera. Oh, that's so good. She kind of gets into it too. Yeah, she fully starts twerking. Um, it's a whole thing. Andrew, meanwhile, happens upon them in the woods and watches her do her little dance. Um, I think at that point she's like saying, now stop, wiggle it. Yeah. Like it's yeah. a whole thing. <laughs> so he kind of interrupts this lovely moment and tells her that uh, her phone came in, the replacement one for the one that she had snatched by the eagle and they head off. I love this part. He's like, you're a freak. Yeah. <laughs> it's so cute. So they go back to the mainland and they go to this shop to get the phone that, that they ordered. And lo and behold, Ramon is there running the shop. Of course. Just works at every single place. <laughs> um, and Andrew is telling Margaret more stuff about himself. So he like tells her he loves Pringles, all Hostess products. And um, Ramon gives Margaret the phone. And she has like, literally 37 messages and she's like i need a computer so they go to an internet cafe literally like <laughs> using dimes to get margaret some dial-up so she can work um so she can work from there yeah. and andrew sees gertrude outside and goes to talk to her while margaret's working and she like looks out the window and sees them talking and there's kind of like this moment where i think she sort of feels maybe a little bit bad about what she's doing to Andrew, mm -hmm. um, like, what this is causing for him, but also, like, maybe a tinge of jealousy, like, seeing how he, how they're talking together. You know, there's definitely some, some feelings going on. So, Margaret and Andrew walk together, and she mentions Gertrude, and she's like, oh, you know, Gertie looked pretty good today. And he's like, yeah, you know, it was really good to see her. And he, it seems like he's maybe, like, battling a little bit about his nostalgia for Gertrude and, like, now mm -hmm. what he's feeling for Margaret. Yeah. Um, but Annie and Grace come over and interrupt, and they ask to steal Margaret away to take her to the seamstress, who is Yammy. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> of course. So they want her to wear Gammy's wedding dress. Mm -hmm. And yeah. she comes out of the gown and just, like, the boobs <laughs> are just, like, sagging. Drowning. <laughs> and Betty White here is, like, just gold. She's like, uh, I know they're in here treasure. somewhere. This is like an Easter egg hunt. She's just groping like, <laughs> Margaret's uh, chest. <laughs> yeah. So funny. It reminds me of in um, Bend It Like Beckham whenever yes. they're like fitting her oh, for yeah, her dress. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Um, so Grace is like talking to Margaret during this about the marriage and all that. And she's like, maybe, maybe we could come to you for the holidays. Um, and Margaret, I think, here is starting to, like, have some feels because she doesn't have mm -hmm. a family. And she's, like, starting to like Andrew, obviously. She's like, well, we can come to you, too. And Grace cries because it's just so sweet. Mm -hmm. And, like, Andrew hasn't mm -hmm. been home. And there's so much tension in the family. So Annie tells her she needs one more special touch. And she puts a really beautiful necklace on her that's a family heirloom. And talks about how it was handed down from her grandmother. And she had to go through a lot to get approval to marry a Russian. <laughs> and... uh 
Margaret doesn't want to accept it. It's like too much. And obviously she knows that this is not a real marriage, but uh, Gammy insists on it saying, you know, grandparents love to give things to their grandchildren. And it's just like, it's another nice moment. I think, especially for Margaret who doesn't have family. Yeah. I really like the scene. I think that Mary Steenbergen is like so delightful and charming and like genuine in the scene. Mm -hmm. It's, it's really good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mary Steenbergen plays the mom in everything. She oh, yeah. was the mom. Yeah, 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 yeah. Quintessential um, rom-com mom. I'm blanking on literally every other movie, but she I was swear. in. Most recently, she was in Happiest Season, another Christmas movie where she was the mom. She's yes. in my favorite Christmas movie from the '80s called One Magic Christmas. I love that movie. Mm. <laughs> yeah. So basically, after this excursion with the wedding dress, she Margaret's super emotional she's like feeling a lot of things right now so she goes back to the dock and joins andrew in the boat and she takes over the steering wheel like completely hijacks the boat speeds off andrew's freaking out margaret says that she forgot what it was like to have a family and to have people who really love you and that andrew has all that and gertrude and she's just screwing it all up and andrew's like you're not you know i agreed to do this And Margaret mentions that his family loves him so much and she doesn't know why, like, he's willing to put them through all of this. And he says that they aren't going to find out. So they just kind of go back and forth and she's having this absolute freak out. And then Margaret lets go of the wheel so that Andrew can take over. And she starts freaking out about Gammy having a heart attack. Yeah, so Andrew then notices that they're, like, basically speeding directly into a buoy, so Mm -hmm. he, like, does a sharp turn, and Margaret falls into the water, the freezing Alaskan water. He doesn't notice at first, and he's, like, continuing to yell at her, and he's like, oh, now you're being quiet, and then turns around to see that she's not there. Um, So he speeds the boat around, and he finds her in the water, has her swim up to the buoy. He then, like, reaches out his hand to let her in. And she's actually super hesitant to like even take his hand to save her own life. But eventually she does. And he pulls her into the boat and he like wraps her with a sweater and he's like warming her up and trying to calm her down. And it's a very tension filled moment. It is. I love, I love her acting here. I think it's so convincing how terrified she is when she's like hanging on to that buoy. And like, I feel like that not wanting to let go because she, feels temporarily safe with this buoy right now is like oh you can feel it yeah it's so good totally um so uh, they get back home and andrew's dad immediately like intercepts them and says that he wants to talk to them so they go into the stable and they walk in and see gilbert's in there who apparently called their family like he said he would um and kind of let him know their suspicions so dad dad obviously like believes gilbert's in and Gilbertson says that Andrew's dad has negotiated negotiated a deal for him that will last for basically like 20 seconds, um, saying that if Andrew admits this is all a lie, he can be off the hook. Margaret will get deported. Um, but if they find out later, you know, he's facing that jail time and all those fines. And Andrew refuses the deal and makes a statement. And he's like, I've been working for Margaret for three years. Six months ago, we started dating, fell in love. I asked her to marry me. She said, yes, see you at the wedding and like storms off. Which, by the way, I, the, the timeline that he gives right there doesn't match the engagement story that they told. And it 
kind of bothers me because in the engagement story, they talk about it being like their one year anniversary. And I always, I always wonder if this was a mishap in the writing or if it's, I mean, it's believable. They didn't really like have a lot of time to come up with their backstory. Mm. So is it sort of just thrown in there so that it's a little bit more realistic that they kind of forget what the backstory is that they had to make up on the fly. But I I always notice that whenever I watch this. Yeah. I never even thought about that, but yeah. So back in the bedroom, they walk in and Margaret asks if Andrew is absolutely sure. And she's really appreciative, but, and she kind of trails off and Annie comes in or Grammy comes in and she says that, they have their whole lives to make babies, but tonight they're going to sleep in separate rooms because tomorrow's the wedding. So she beckons Andrew out of the room um, to go sleep in another area of the house. But at night, Andrew is like up. He's watching TV on the couch, probably thinking about Margaret. And Margaret is the same. She's like up in her bed just thinking. Yeah, there's one line that he says like in that moment when she like thanks him for lying essentially for her and he's like well you would do it for me right yeah and she like doesn't really say anything i'm like "Mm." yeah you're like "Mm, i don't think so (laughs) yeah the tension so the next day it's the wedding all the guests have arrived um andrew is at the altar this barn is like stunning it's decorated like so beautifully it's gorgeous yeah i guess that's what happens when you own all of alaska the music then starts margaret walks in Gammy did do a great job with that dress. It looks much better now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and she walks her down the aisle. And I don't know why, but like while watching her walk down the aisle, I got like full body chills. I was just like, oh, yeah. Oh, my God. So Ramon, of course, is the officiant because he's the only man that the Paxtons can employ, apparently. <laughs> apparently. <laughs> he like begins his whole speech about their true and unselfish love and their friends and family. And Margaret stops him and she turns to the crowd and she thanks everybody for coming and then announces that she is Canadian and she was about to be deported and she's been forcing Andrew to marry her. And her speech is, like, obviously amazing. She says, See, Andrew has always had this extraordinary work ethic, something I think he's learned from you, which she says to his dad. And for three years, I watched him work harder than anyone else in our company, and I knew that if I threatened to destroy his career, he would do just about anything. So I blackmailed him to come up here and lie to you, all of you. And I thought it would be easy to watch him do it, but it, it wasn't. Turns out it's not easy to ruin someone's life once you find out how wonderful they are. You have a beautiful family. Don't let this come between you. And she tells Andrew he held up his end of the deal, but it's off. And she apologizes to the family. And on the way out, she tells um, Gilbertson, who's there watching yeah. this, to meet her at the dock. So obviously everyone is shook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and definitely. Yeah. People are talking. It's, like, very hectic. Andrew goes upstairs back to their bedroom that they've shared the last couple of nights. And Margaret left the wedding dress on the bed with his manuscript and a letter. She admits to him in this letter that the manuscript is great, but she didn't want to pass it along because she knew that she would lose him as an assistant, which is so, it makes me so angry. Uh, mm -hmm. Um, That's incredibly selfish, but she says in this letter as well that she's going to tell them to turn it into a book. Then Gertie comes up and she's like, wow, you know, this is crazy. Like, are you okay? And... Instead of being, like, emotional or sad or whatever, Andrew's like, this woman is a huge 
pain in my ass. She does all of this and then has the audacity to leave a letter like this, like super kind and like telling him that his book is going to be published, but she can't say it to his face. Then on the boat back to the mainland, Margaret asks Gilbertson what happens next, and he tells her that since she's leaving voluntarily, once they land in New York, she'll go back to Canada after 24 hours to pack up all her stuff. So back at the house, there's all this commotion going on, everyone trying to like register what just happened. And Annie kind of collapses, and everyone immediately becomes concerned with her. They get her on a helicopter to take her to the hospital. And she's, like, lying there with the oxygen mask on. She's surrounded by Andrew and his mom and dad. They're kind of, like, acting like this might be her final moments. So she's, like, making Andrew promise that he'll try and be a bigger part of the family. And they're ma- he's making she's making Andrew's dad promise that he'll always stand by Andrew's side, even if he doesn't agree with him. And then she's like, well, the spirits can take me now. And she closes her eyes, like... As if she's about to die. And then, like, there's a little doo-doo-doop in the music and her eyes pop open. And she's like, well, I guess they're not ready for me yet. I'm feeling much better. Let's just go to the airport. (laughs) Of course. I love it. Um, So on the plane back to New York, um, Gilbertson is, like, bragging to Margaret about how he always gets his man, like, Elliot Ness. Like, he's so proud of himself for, like, busting this case wide open. Yeah. (laughs) So the Paxons arrive to the airport, and Andrew is, like, friends, of course, with the guy in the um, tower, and he's, like, trying to get him to not clear Margaret's plane for takeoff, but he can't do that, and the the plane takes off. And um, his dad, who's just oblivious, Mm. is like, what's wrong? Oh, my God. (laughs) And his mom is like, Margaret's on the plane, and Andrew didn't get to tell her that he loves her so that she can tell him that she loves him, (laughs) and he's like... They're in love? She's like, well, she wouldn't have left if she didn't love him. Like, right. that's what tipped the scales. Um, so his dad still doesn't really understand, but he apologizes to Andrew and says he didn't know how he felt about her because his dad was the one who kind of got Gilbertson, I think, involved yeah. in the first place. I'm honestly shocked that Ramon wasn't working the the flight tower. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's, a, it's a missed opportunity, but he was officiating yeah. the wedding. So it's true. It was probably his day off. Yeah, so. exactly. <laughs> so cut to New York. Who knows where on the timeline this is, but I'm assuming it's within the 24 to 48 hours. Margaret is packing up her office. Everyone is watching her go. She looks at Andrew's empty desk and asks Jordan, Andrew's work buddy, to help her send some boxes over to her address in Toronto. He tells her to turn around, and who else would be standing there but Andrew, extremely out of breath. (laughs) She's like, why are you panting? And he's like, I've been running. I need to talk to you. And I'm like, dog. From Alaska? Yeah, literally. So... She says she doesn't really have time and starts, like, yammering on about everything she has to do. Andrew's like, stop talking. And she finally shuts up. Yeah, so he launches into his speech. He says that three days ago he loathed her and dreamed about her death. And then they had their Alaskan adventure and everything changed when they kissed. And she told him about her tattoo. And when she checked him out, when they were naked... But he didn't realize all of this until she left him at the altar. 
And he's like, so you can imagine my disappointment when the woman I love is about to be kicked out of the country. Oh, my God. And he says, so, Margaret, marry me because I'd like to date you. (laughs) And she's like, you don't want to be with me. Like, I'm just so much better at being alone. It'd just be easier if we forgot the whole thing. And he's like, yeah, it would be easier. And she starts to tear up doing her perfect Sandra Bullock about to cry face. And then I also start to tear up. (laughs) And she's like, she said she's scared. And he's like, me too. But then he kisses her. Everyone in the office gushes and I gush also. (laughs) And she's like, aren't you supposed to like get down on one knee or something? And he's like, I'm going to take that as a yes. And, you know, end with a perfect kiss. Whoever wrote that line about like marry me because I'd like to date you must be so proud of themselves. Like, what a great, oh, yeah. what a great uh, writing. <laughs> so I love that line because they're kind of like, yeah, we know. We know this is crazy. Yeah, but like, this yeah, is insane. This is what we're doing. <laughs> yeah. Right. I love it. Um, so the final scene is that they're back with Gilbertson to be interviewed. And he's like, are you engaged again? But like, for real this time? <laughs> and they say yes. And so he's like, one wrong answer and I'll take you down. And they agree. And then like the last line in the movie is him saying, let's do this. And then like all through the credits, it's like clips of them being interviewed and like Ramon being interviewed for whatever reason. Like (laughs) ridiculous. His questions just seem like intelligence tests. They're like, which one of these is a prime number? Like not anything (laughs) to do with them. Um, so the, I love the interview scenes. Like the so yeah. credits are so fun. It's such a good credit, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah, and like it takes two is playing in the background. Yeah. It's just like such a fun vibe. I remember watching this in the theater, and it was like a party on the way out. Yeah, I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Yeah, but yeah, that is the proposal. I really enjoyed rewatching it. I hadn't seen it in like a few years, and I was surprised by how much I liked it rewatching it again. I think it's just like you know, rom-com formula at its finest. We have the crazy family dynamics. We have, like, the insane premise. We have the chemistry. It's all there. The two people who, like, don't like each other and then they fall in love with each other. Yeah. Yeah, I love this movie. This is actually one I own and I rewatch it all the time. I love it. Um, mm. Like I said earlier, I know like every line, but I think also the cast is so good. Like it's star studded. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I think everyone does a really good job. I actually love the guy who plays Andrew's dad. He was the father in Parenthood. Parenthood. A show oh. that I've seen every yeah. episode of. Yeah. <laughs> love. yeah, the cast is really amazing. I think everyone just like blended well together. It felt like when you were with Andrew's family, it was actually a family. And you kind of find yourself, like, rooting for all of them. Yeah. Totally. Except for Gilbertson. <laughs> True. And Gertrude. <laughs> and, and Gertrude, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The G characters can go. Yeah. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Except Gammy can stay, everyone else can go. Yes, Gammy can stay for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I, I love this movie. I also love that, like, I mean, it does have the classic plot. Sandra Bullock and Ryan Reynolds have – they have such good chemistry, but it's, like, unassuming chemistry mm-hmm. where, yeah. like, you can believe that they worked – maybe worked together for years and, like, didn't tap into this, right. yeah. you know, spark that they had. Like, it's believable that it took this particular situation for them to, like, figure out that they really enjoyed each other's company, yeah, which mm-hmm. I really like. And I also like that, like, it takes you out of the city and, like, you do get this whole – Alaskan experience, which is mm-hmm. atypical, obviously, of yeah. most yeah. movies. So, like, 
there's a lot that's different enough within it where it's not just like cut and dry cookie cutter rom-com, which Mm -hmm. I really enjoy. Yeah, I love a good like cold weather romance situation. I feel like often we see like the summer, I like a nice cold weather thing, yeah. I love all the one-liners in this movie too. Like there's so many quotable Mm, moments. There's so many like, uh, Ryan Reynolds is like a sarcastic sense of humor that he has in almost every role he plays. Like it works so well in this movie and I think like Mm -hmm. they're back and forth. Like I love that Sandra Bullock's character is able to kind of like give it right back to him. Um, Mm. I think that dynamic is like really fun. Yeah, totally. I think that movies made in like the last, I want to say five to eight years, are seriously lacking in one-liners. Mm, like mm-hmm. it's not there. The same type of comedy is not present. Um, I'm laughing less. It's not as good. Yeah. <laughs> totally. I wonder how much of the one-liners were at, like ad libs by yeah. Ryan and Sandra because yeah, they're I'd love both. To know that. I mean, so it's such seasoned like comedic actors i'm sure it comes so naturally to them right just like you know shove extra stuff in there yeah yeah their their comedic timing is so good in this movie and i feel like with rom-coms you usually get like one or the other with like chemistry and comedy yeah Mm -hmm. the rom and the com but (laughs) yeah i think this is like a really solid excuse the pun marriage of the two yeah it's so funny to think of her doing this and then think of her doing like uh, Gravity and Bird mm-hmm. Box. So I'm really excited yeah. to hear your podcast ups for those movies where it's like, Ugh. she is in space now. Yeah. No one is near her. Yeah. It is yeah. it's wild. Her range is so good. And oh my gosh, like, yeah. I know she's beloved and ever, you know, I think a lot of people recognize how talented she is, but it is really cool to just watch a bunch of her movies within a short period of time and really get to see that, like, you know, kind of mm-hmm. back to back to back. Totally. For sure. Oh, she's so good. Mm-hmm. I know. What a talent. Like, she is so gorgeous. Um, like, mm-hmm. pretty much every character she does is incredibly intelligent. I feel like that's, mm-hmm. like, kind of a marker of a Sandra Bullock character. character. She just has uh, such a way with the, the script that she's given. Like, I always mm-hmm. feel like she transforms completely into the character. Yeah, so believable. Yeah, I recently rewatched Ocean's 8. And I was like, damn, she's so cool in this movie. Yeah. <laughs> I think our that's our episode next episode that hasn't dropped yet, but will have dropped by the time yes. this is out. Mm-hmm. So oh, I can't wait to listen. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, on that note, shall we give it a little rating? Um, we have a special rom com February scale. So our first two categories are out of five. The first is rom. The second is com. And then we have out of ten, how many boxes of chocolate would you give the movie, and how many boxes of chocolate would you eat while watching the movie? Ooh, I would give this a a a, a four and a half rom mm. and a. I'll give it a five for a calm because I think it's just perfectly balanced where it's Go not. Up. Yeah. It's just what you want it to be. It's laugh out loud funny. There's those amazing one-liners. I think anything Ryan Reynolds is in is just going like it's going to be. That's what it's going to be. Yeah. Um, I would give it. I would give it 10 boxes of chocolate and I could polish off. I'll say one. We'll do some self-control. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. Okay, guys. I love this movie. Five out of five rom, five out of five yep. com, ten boxes of chocolate, and give me a full box to eat as well. <laughs> beautiful, nice. beautiful. I'm gonna go. 
I'm going to I'm going to go four for the rom just because like I wish I could have seen more of them like together. Yeah. The aftermath. Um, That's fair. Yeah. And like for some reason I had like made up a scene in my head that like the <laughs> night before the wedding she like snuck into his room and they had like a night together. And uh, when it didn't happen, I was like, maybe that was wishful thinking. I don't know. Um, so I wish I could have seen just like a little bit more. Um, the calm, I think I'm going to go a uh, five as well. I think it's like really solid. I think the physical comedy is also like really top notch mm-hmm. out of 10. I'm trying to think what we've rated other movies this month. Um, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with nine boxes, maybe eight and a half, nine. And I think I'm just going to eat one. I feel like this movie fills me up in a way that I only need one. I love how y'all are like, yeah, one box. I feel like every movie we've done so far, I'm like, yeah, I'll eat like six boxes of chocolate during this. <laughs> I feel um, like I might choose more if it was like a rom-com that made me really, you know, like sob cry. I'd be like, oh, yeah, more chocolate. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, yeah fair. I fair. know for Never Been Kissed, I was like, I'm going to need to eat six to cope, cope with the horror <laughs> yeah. of this movie. <laughs> yeah, sometimes you got to get through that conflict. Yeah, <laughs> actually. Yeah. Um, I think I'm going to give it a four for ROM as well. I really enjoyed it. I just want like a whole steamy scene that really like solidifies relationship. Yeah, it's um, pretty wholesome. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's like yeah. a very wholesome movie. It's very cheap. Yeah, I could use something like spicy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. And then for the calm, I'm also going to give it a five. I think it's super funny. And boxes of chocolate. I'm going to be a little harsh. I'm going to give it an eight just because it's not my fave. Um, but I do re- very much enjoy the movie. And I will eat one box of chocolate as well because I feel like I would be too engrossed in the movie mm. to worry about what I was mm. doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we highly recommend as uh, February wraps up to get yourself a little chocolate, put on a yeah, little face mask, face watch mask. the proposal. Uh, take a bath, yeah. dude. Get in the bathtub, put some fucking candles on. (laughs) This is the perfect, like, girls' night self-care movie. Oh, Oh, totally. Yeah. Um, Well, thank you so much for joining us. This was so much fun to get to chat with you guys, Mm -hmm. finally, after months of Instagram DMing and whatnot. Um, Would you like to tell our followers where they can find you, where they can follow you? Yeah, sure. You can find us. We're really active on Instagram at girlcrush underscore pod. You can check out our podcast on Apple Podcasts or pretty much anywhere you get your pods. Um, You can email us at podcastgirlcrush at gmail.com. Um, and yeah, thank you guys so much for having us on. This has been super fun to review these movie, this movie with you. And, um, we love Sandra Bullock. So we've had a great time. Yeah, it was our pleasure. We had such a good time and this movie is like such a blast as well. So we're really excited to hear it when you guys do the proposal. (laughs) Love that. Yeah. I have a feeling it's going to be a high ranking. So I'm looking forward to seeing where it lands. Yeah. We can't wait to reveal. I guess everybody kind of got a preview of our thoughts. (laughs) Yeah. You can also follow us on Instagram as well. It's Movies That Raised Us. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe. You can follow us on Twitter. It's MTRU underscore pod. You can follow us on TikTok. It's Movies That Raised Us pod. And um, yeah, we will see you guys next week for In March. Movie. A little yeah. March madness. Just kidding. <laughs> we are not doing basketball movies. No, we're not. <laughs> Except for one. That'd be a good theme. Yeah, we do. We do have a special um, St. Patrick's Day episode planned, so mm. stay tuned for that. But yeah, we will see you soon. 
Thank you so much for listening to Movies That Raised Us. We are Mo and Christina, and our theme song is by Garrett Schmidt. Bye. Bye.